With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Ball Double Live right here on 1049 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen, hanging out here at Ron Hoover RV in Georgetown. If you're in the neighborhood, come on out and say hi. We've already had uh, a couple of uh, listeners to the show just come out and say hi. Really appreciate that. Yep, yep. Uh, shout out to, to Jordan. Shout out to, to Merrick. That's uh, right. His, his son, son Merrick. Too. He's a linebacker. Middle linebacker. Yeah, a little middle, middle linebacker. Man, he likes the content. Coming in there with the hit stick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so we appreciate all the fans, man, who come out. Uh, best part of this job is actually meeting the fans. And uh, another great part of this job is the musically themed days of the week that my man Patrick comes up with. Today is a 512 Friday. That's when my man Patrick plays jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch in the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Scorpion Child, and they are playing Saturday at the 13th floor. Ooh, Scorpion Child is a great name for a wrestler. If I was a wrestler, great alter ego for a wrestler, Scorpion Child. Wait, what was I forgot? What was yours? Mine was Black Scorpion, Scorpion. or Black Caesar. It was Black like, Caesar. I was going to be something black. Obviously, I was going to be something black. That was the one I was thinking of, Black Caesar. And I had my finishing move all ready to go. It was like a cross between like a, a pile driver and a suplex. Oh, okay. And then yeah. Yeah, so that okay. was. I'm a finished move. I, I wanted to, my, before I played in the NFL. My dream was to be the first black heavyweight champion of the WWF. Just you know, things change. No, you could. What, you're gonna be Ray Mysterio Jr. No, man, I, I was, that was my dream. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. That was my dream until I was like probably 11. Okay, that was literally the dream. Okay. And then I had to change the dream because I started, started hanging. Yeah, I started liking girls. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that dream will change you. Well, the women didn't. The women like football players, and I want to be a wrestler in Texas. They weren't the same thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I want some of these. I want some. I want some attention from these ladies. So I'm gonna go play football. And okay. I was terrible at it, by the way. I was a third string middle linebacker when I started playing football. I was horrible. Hey, but you still got goals. Uh, I, you damn right. And you achieved. Hey man, I worked there hard. There it is. You worked hard. I worked hard, man. I worked hard. Uh, all right. So, uh, Merrick, if you listening. Work hard. Work hard, Little man. Linebacker. He, he, he's already better than me. He's starting. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't starting. I was a third-string middle linebacker in middle school. So, eighth grade, third-string middle linebacker. So, I, hey, I like man. it. I like uh, it. I had to come up like that. All right. Uh, we're out here at Run Hoover RV having a good time, as you can hear. Uh, we're having a great time because it's a spring extravaganza, folks, out here. Uh, they're going to be uh, partying all throughout the week. As a matter of fact, there's a DJ out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a snow cone uh, stand, snow cone truck out in the parking lot as well. Well, and they are, they might be the best damn snow cones in the city, potentially. They are really, really good, and they are extravagant to go along with the <laughs> extravaganza here. You're talking about a Rice Krispie st- uh, treat that was in there, whipped cream on, in this, on the snow cone, also a popsicle. 
stuffed inside the snow cone. Yeah, there's some things happening. Man, there. I ain't never, I ain't never seen nothing like it. But it did. It looked delicious. It I did. just don't know if I could have done it on the air. But they got all types of goodies out here for you, and they got prizes. So all weekend long, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're gonna be out here at the Spring Extravaganza out here at Run Hoover RV. Uh, it's right off of. Uh, it's, it's in Georgetown, but it's yep. right off of uh, uh, 35 in Georgetown, south of Interspace Cavern. So if you go on the Interspace Cavern, that's the best way to do stay it. Stay on the access road, <clears throat> head back south, boom, you right there. Beautiful thing. You uh, can't miss all these RVs that are out here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss all the RVs. And I got an RV. I'm an RV guy in my heart. At one point in my life, I'm going to have an RV. I just don't know when it's coming, but it will happen. And hopefully, uh, I'll be making deals with Ron Hoover RV. There we go. There's good people out here. Uh, all that. right. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on out. And if you're also on the road, please uh, drive safely. It's been spot showers all over the city. Uh, heard about some wrecks. Actually, I saw one on the road, too. So people out there, please uh, be careful. Be a little bit considerate on those roadways. And, yes, avoid the road rage. Please. Because road rage, and I almost, you know, every now and then when I feel the road rage brewing up, you got to fight it. Here's why you got to fight road rage, and you got to do it with every fiber of your being. Because road rage leads to accidental racism. (laughs) We all become a little racist in our cars. It's okay. We all look. We all we all profile people by their car. If you see the car, like I bet I know who's driving that car oh, yeah. by the way they drive and the car they drive. Oftentimes, we will jump to stereotyping and profiling, yeah. and that leads to accidental racism. So when you get road rage, just you know, wusa, take some deep take breaths, deep breaths. All right, calm yourself down because nobody wants to be a racist, even if accidentally. Right. It was a song I believe by Brad Paisley also. I think with him and LL Cool J. I'm not making it up. That is a real fact. Brad Paisley, I believe, has a song, a country song called Accidental Racism. Okay. Or Accidental Racist. Well, I think he was trying to say sometimes you say something, you know, the little discriminatory you don't mean to. Or you it do just, something and you're like, oh, I don't, don't, don't judge me by that. I was an accidental racist. Well, I mean. I haven't actually, actually read the lyrics of the song. I'm just assuming by the title. Oh, there's some accidental racist lyrics. I just saw them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not racist, is. but it is. It, it, and you're uh, 1,000 percent right. I know I'm right because I 2013 the yeah, song was. Made. I once did a bit about the song. <laughs> played the song on the on the airways. I was like, this is a real song, people called "Accidental Racist," and I was telling people avoid road rage to avoid the the, the slippery slope yep. of becoming an accidental racist because mm-hmm. you don't even know what you're doing. You're like, oh, look at it. They cut me off in that car. I bet it's a no, 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 uh, uh. just say they're a bad driver. I and bet keep it, it moving. I was right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How'd you go? Oh, I bet it's, some, it's a so-and-so driving that car. You're like, I knew I was right. That means you have, you have, you, you're, in the, you're down the slippery slope. This sounds like a accidental racism. Shit. We know it. You know, everybody's done it before. Oh, for sure. uh, you're like, I bet uh, I know. Let's say you, let's take old people. Okay. Let's take the racism. Take old people. Just stereotyping people. You, every now and then, you'll see somebody driving slow on the road, and you'll pass them up, and they'll be really old, and you'll go, I knew it. Exactly. Get your old behind off the road. Get, get on the access road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it happens. So just try to avoid that is all I'm saying. I'm going to the, read these lyrics during the break and see what I can find. <laughs> and see if you're like, wow, you were right. Uh, it's LL Cool J. It, 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 oh, yeah. It's LL Cool yeah, J, he's too. right there. There you go. And there it starts go. off. His lyric, when he comes on, what he says, say? Dear Mr. White Man, I wish you understood. <laughs> That's how his starts. <laughs> That's how his starts off. Oh, that was his 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 first line 
in his yeah. appearance in wow. this song was dear dear Mr. White Man. Okay. Well, yeah. I think we know. I why. wish you understood. <laughs> that I wonder the why world this, is really like. I wonder why when this, you're living in the hood. I wonder why this song didn't become the anthem for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. All right. <laughs> Moving on. You might be right. You might be right. Oh, wow. That's funny. Okay. Uh, let's get into some NFL news notes and nuggets here. Uh, Mel Kuyper. Had his latest mock draft, and I've been meaning to go over this for a while. Mel Kiper's pretty plugged in, and we talked about Mel Kiper along with a lot of other uh, a lot of other mock drafts, notable mock drafts, having Bryce Young as his number one quarterback, going number one overall. Uh, but we haven't talked about what he has the Cowboys doing. He has two round mock draft, I believe, in his latest mock draft. It's a two round mock draft, and you know, well, we can talk about the Texans first, yep. and then we'll get to the Cowboys here because uh, the Texans. Right now, I, I hope actually the Texans go this route and are drafting a quarterback because he has the Texans drafting C.J. Stroud, the number two overall pick. Yep. A lot of different mock drafts, Lance Zerline being one of them. Um, even Adam Schefter hinting that the Texans may go, go with another position other than quarterback at number two overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they may decide to go with Will Anderson at number two overall uh, just because they may want to start rebuilding that defense. I hope that's not the case. They need to get them a quarterback. But either way, uh, Mel Kuyper, lace mock draft, he's got him taking uh, C.J. Stroud at number two, the uh, quarterback from Ohio State. And uh, he's got him taking Jackson Smith and Jigba at the, the uh, 12th pick, their second pick in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got him taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State. Which basically has two teammates yep. uh, being reunited, if you will, reunited, and it feels so good uh, with the Houston Texans. I'm not opposed to that. Remember, we've seen recently teams try to do more of this. Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Adams, remember, and Derek Carr before that meltdown all you know, happened. Uh, Marquise Brown and Kyla Murray. Yep. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Yep. We We've seen teams lately, at least when they are making their overall evaluation, consider chemistry, which is which is which is very rare. Rare, rare. Say, that's, yeah. that's basically what they're doing. Here. They're considering, like, you know what? Man, these guys had great chemistry when they were playing together in college. You know, maybe we can recreate that. Maybe we can find some way to recreate that chemistry with the Texans or even take it to another level. And it, this is definitely a new thing. I don't remember. I've been a football theorist for a while watching the NFL and paying attention to college too. I can't remember teams considering this hard when trying to build a roster or to construct a passing game considering, hey, who's my quarterback's favorite target? Right. And, and who, who's been his favorite target even outside of this team? And can we go acquire their favorite target? And multiple teams did that. In the draft and via free agency and in the trade market. It's wild to consider, but it ex- it's definitely a consideration. Well, if it's becoming that, I think a lot of it has to do with your franchise quarterback, too. If your franchise quarterback played with someone or has a history with someone, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that he's comfortable, making sure that he's doing certain things. But if I'm looking at the draft and I'm saying, okay, if we can create these two, because we think Jackson. Uh, and Jigba, Smith, and Jigba. Smith and Jigba is one of the better wide receivers coming out of the draft. I think, I think, I think the he's draft. the best in the draft. Right, I would he take can him get over in and Quinn out of his right yeah. routes. He's he's quick, shifty guy. By the way, he has a brother that's playing in the major leagues in baseball for really? the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the family got some good genes in right. it right there when Come we start now. breaking that down. <laughs> but, yes, I think it's very important if you could find that chemistry and the, the – the way that this team is going to have success, if you have a chance to get two guys on the same team with a quarterback and a wide receiver, yeah, why not go out there and do it if 
if it allows you to do so. Like Joe Burrow, you talked about it. Joe Burrow went to fight for his guy, Jamar Chase. He did, a man. Lot of, a lot of people were like, I can't believe you did that. I remember that. But this is important for me, and they went out and got him, and now you see what's happening. So the model's there, it worked but out. it's been more recent than in the past. Yeah, I, do, I, mean, I, I like it, by the way. I agree with it. I'm not disagreeing with yeah, it. I just, yeah. I just pointing it out as an observation. It has definitely now <clears throat> become more of a – a, cons- a data point, a, a considerable and important data point in the overall evaluation that if you have chemistry with a certain wide receiver or quarterback yep. and there's chemistry and we can make that connection happen, they're, they're going to go out of their way to do it. Yep. And it should. I mean, now, now, I agree. That, now that it's happening more often and you see positive results from oh, it. Oh, man. Joe that, Burrow. Is what you, that is why you look at it and say, oh, they might be on to something. Let's see what we can do. I, now, the Hollywood Brown deal, yeah. I don't know about that one. And, and you're right. And, that would be the one that I'm sitting there like, eh. And I guess the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams ones technically didn't work out because Derek Carr's not with the team anymore. But they did put up good numbers. I'm with you. Yeah, I, they yeah. put up good numbers. I think it was more of. Josh uh, McDaniel not knowing what he was doing, and Patrick Davis yeah. becoming oh. a Raiders fan. And let's not forget it. That hurt him. Tua and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. That's right. Tua and Jalen Waddle. That's, That's right. Another one too. So it is. I mean, it, it's definitely My bad, Patrick. My bad, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to uh, the Cowboys here uh, on the uh, Mel Kuyper uh, latest mock draft. He's got the Cowboys with their 26th pick taking Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end. Listen. These, see, Jacob likes it. Of course, they come down. I've got to tell you, though, they are pretty, at least, uh, what mock drafts? Uh, it was Todd McShay at one time, mm-hmm. Mel Kuyper. Oh, and I want to say that was one more, maybe Dane Brugler or Daniel Jeremiah. It was, it was, it was it Brugler. Brugler. They all had them. Ta- I think Cowboys taking a tight end yes. in the mock draft yeah. with that first round pick. And they're normally pretty spot on, especially so when it comes to the Cowboys. But I want to go back, and I was doing this yesterday, and I might do a little bit of it in, in uh, Hard Knocks Live, but. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some of the tight ends and where they are in okay. in history of the draft picks. Gotcha. If you're going after them in the first round or are you going after them later in the mm-hmm. draft and what they've become. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with the Cowboys. They got Dalton Schultz later in the draft. He became a superstar. Mm-hmm. Now he's on the free agent market, and now he's trying to go find some money. But that position is not giving you that type of payout anymore. I agree. Travis Kelsey was drafted later. George Kittle was drafted later. So what is the rush to go? And especially if this draft is deep, it's almost like the running back position. If you're going to look at it and say the running back is not that valuable anymore, then why is the tight end becoming that if he's just that for you? You know, people are saying, well, he he might be a little bit better blocker. He might be a better all-around tight end. Well, why are we rushing to it? Because we don't know that. We've seen the Cowboys go out and get guys early in the draft that don't work out at the tight end position. So why are we why are we putting these tight ends like oh they're gonna go be a run on tight ends? Why? Let it wait because some of them aren't ready for that. They they the later guys are the ones that are one, the ones that seem to flourish a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna look at a George Kittle and you're gonna put look at a Travis Kelsey, they were later round picks. And when I say later, second through five, yeah, mid to you know, late. yeah, don't don't jump at them in the first round because all of these positions now. You were talking about it the other day, and I thought you were spot on when you were talking about the lottery. Mm-hmm. If you're a lottery pick, that's the first ten to twelve picks. Yep. After that, it's a crapshoot. You don't know. Nobody. And knows. even the ones at the top, you don't know. They don't know. <laughs> so, so it's it's like uh, I don't know if I'm excited about them being able to pick 
Michael Mayer, I know a lot of people have him high. Dalton Kincaid is another, another guy that like is really high Utah, up there. Yeah. But, again, it's the fit, right? Michael Mayer is not going to create a lot of separation because he's not that type of runner as a, as a pass catcher. Now, Mark Andrews, he's an exception to the rule because we saw what Mark Andrews was able to do. He was able to stretch the field in college. Yep. I haven't seen Michael Mayer strep, stretch the field. So. I, I agree with your point. I actually like Michael Mayer a lot, but I agree with your point about drafting tight ends early. Right. I just do. I mean, I, I just think that's too much. And by the way, this draft is supposed to be really deep for tight ends. Thank you. Um, look at it, uh, the tight end class. And this, this is from Dane Brugler, by the way. said it's arguably the best position in the 2023 draft is what he says. Yep. He says uh, if you're drafting by the end of, of day two and you're projecting, he says he's projecting seven tight ends. Drafted right. by the end of day two. That hasn't happened since 2019 and 2014 prior to that. So you're talking about Michael Mayer, Don Kincaid, uh, Musgrave, uh, Darnell Washington, the Georgia uh, mm-hmm. kid, uh, Laporta, the Iowa uh, uh, tight end. Iowa, uh, Ohio State has Stover, Kate Stover coming out. There's a lot of really good tight ends Exactly, out there. and you can find one a little bit later. I'm with you. If you uh, start really – if you're really going to break it down, is he yeah. going to be a player that you're going to look at He's going to transcend the position? No. 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 I'm with you. I, I, I would – if I'm the Cowboys, I would find better value at, yeah. at that 26 spot. Right. If you're going to get a tight end, trade down. If you're going to get a tight end, trade down. Because there will down. be one for you. Yeah, if you're going to get a tight end, trade down, and there will be a quality tight end available mm-hmm. later on in the draft. Because, I mean, the truth is the draft, essentially, if you look all the scholars who study the NFL draft, pretty much say the same thing about it, that it's just a lottery. Yeah. And, in, and basically what they mean is nobody knows what the hell they're doing, and most people are thin slicing. And, yeah, they're using data points, but they don't really have a true kind of scientific method. Right. Uh, I think it's pretty very unscientific of how to evaluate these prospects. So a lot of it is a crapshoot. And if you're in a lottery, the only way to win a lottery is to buy lottery tickets. Yep. And the more lottery tickets you buy, the higher your chances of hitting and winning the lottery. Draft picks are just lottery tickets. I agree. So drop down, acquire more lottery tickets, there's a bigger chance or a higher chance you're going to hit on one of those picks. I love it. So that's what the Cowboys should do. If they're going to go tight end with 26, just trade down. Thank you. Just trade down. Yeah, trade because down. There, there'll be another one there for you. Yeah. And, again, are you? I don't see one coming in to be a tra- change-in-the-game type no. of player. There's not one. Mm-hmm. If they believe Kincaid is that guy, okay. But it depends on the system. It depends on what you're going to do. depends on how you're going to utilize him and – don't forget, now Mike McCarthy is calling this the plays now. So is he, if he's going to draft Michael Mayer yeah. to be to be a run blocker, yeah, I haven't then go ahead and get yourself point. another offensive lineman. That's a good point. Which yeah. they might do. I mean, I, I wouldn't I, be surprised honestly, by it. Honestly, I think I'd rather them go O-line than tight end in the first round. Right. Strangely enough. And I that's why it shocks me when I start looking <laughs> at all of these mocks and, oh, my God, this is that guy that is going to be this position. If he's there, you got to go get him. It's like. There's a lot of tight ends there. There's a lot of tight ends. There's Good a ones. lot of tight ends there. Yeah. Now Did we, we think that Dalton Schultz was going to be that guy? No. No. No, we didn't. Because when he came out of college, everybody was looking at him like, did he get a lot of passes there? Yeah. I mean, the best tight ends in the league, <clears throat> most of them were drafted middle to late rounds. He was a fourth-round pick. Yeah. Fourth-round pick. Your kiddos and your – Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your Kelsey's. Yes. They were middle to late-round picks. Absolutely. So, I, I'm, I agree with you on that. That's a good point. Um, okay, so, yeah, and I remember it was Dane Brugler. Sorry, I was yeah. going back to all yeah. of those mock drafts. I went and pulled out my notes, so I keep the notes around. Uh, it was Todd McShay, Dane Brugler, one time Mel Kuyper, all had the Cowboys not only taking a tight end 
in the first round with their mock drafts at number 26. They all had him taking the same player. And it was Kincaid, right? It was Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like Don Kincaid. He's yeah. a really good player. And you know what I think the Cowboys really like about him, though? Because the Cowboys like uh, um, prospects with really high upsides. And one thing that I don't know if it always you know, plays out this way, but one thing that can signal a high upside is a player who's performing at a really high level who hasn't played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. He played one season of high school football. Right. Uh, and in his true freshman year, I think he was at uh, San Diego, and he had 11 touchdowns. <clears throat> and then uh, basically in his second year of playing organized football, which is what that was, uh, he ended up with like 835 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, that was his third year playing football. So you're talking about six years or something like that of playing right. high-level football. So that's go. a lot of upside if you're performing at a really high level already. So that could be something they, they're looking at. And Boogler actually said the last time the Cowboys drafted a tight end in the first round, it was David LaFleur. Wow. 1997. How'd that work out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that, that's my whole point. I mean, we can't always look at that because things change. And, you know, obviously the athletes, seven on seven, things have mm-hmm. kind of progressed where you start to see a little bit more from these guys. But I don't see it as a, a, an immediate need because now you got – Hendershot, you got Ferguson, and now you're about to add another tight end. And I, I believe they got two other tight ends on their squad right now. Now, I'll throw this out What's there. What's the other guys? Oh, God, I'll get it for you. Um, I'll throw this out there because I know we're up against it and I know we can get to Harsh Knock Life. I wouldn't doubt if the Cowboys, since they, we know they want to run the ball more, and we know they <laughs> that Mike McCarthy is less – uh, obsessed with scoring points than he is with than he is about winning games. He's even said that. He's right. like, no, Kellen Moore was about scoring points. I'm about winning games. I wouldn't doubt they go out with some 13 personnel more this year too. Yeah. You know, it runs more 13 personnel than any other team in the league. One back, three tight ends. The Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. And so I wouldn't doubt. Maybe they can do that and run the ball more. So maybe that's why they're stockpiling tight ends. Maybe. That's maybe. Why one high level one. So going back to that, I got Jake Ferguson, <laughs> uh, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McKeon, Ian Bunton, and Seth Green. So they got five tight ends already listed on their depth chart right now as we speak. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I mean, what, what are we doing? I know you could probably get rid of the rest of those guys, those other three at the back end of what I was talking about, but these guys have already learned your system. These guys already know what you're looking for. It's interesting. So for me to run out there and try to jump on a tight end, eh, I just eh. – Hey, I'm would. a big – well, I'm a big Jake Ferguson. I told you that when he got drafted. When he got drafted out of Wisconsin, I'm like, if you're going to draft a player from Wisconsin that's a tight end, mm. you need to have somebody like that. Yeah. No, I'm about value in a draft. I just don't like the value of tight end in the first round. Preach. Uh, what you got coming up for the people in Harsh Knock Life? Well, I was going to go into that, but we covered that a little bit more. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the spring game and what I'm looking nice. for in the spring game. Oh, uh, can't wait. Talking Texas football going behind the burn orange curtain right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104. Now the home. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. 
You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Hards. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hards. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. Oh, and you can follow the man that is in charge of all our themes every single day at It's Patrick Davis. I would tell you the Specs text line, but I'm not going to do that because I can't see it. Mm-mm. So I'm not going to do that to you. But we are definitely on the road. Y'all need to come out and see us at Ron Hoover's. Uh, Marine or RV and Marine Center. We're right here, 4500 South IH35, just south of Interspace Caverns. They're giving away free caps. Mm. The snow cones, I think, are gone now. Oh, I think you got to, yeah, I think they, they they stayed as long as they could. That's all right. But they will definitely be DJ back out, out here tomorrow. The DJ gone. Too. Oh, DJ er, gone. Er, everybody too. decided it was Can we get a last call or something? <laughs> yeah. I think they did. They started dimming the lights. Uh, okay. They started dimming the lights, playing slow groove. Turn that song on. There it is. Uh, yeah. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. But, yeah, definitely come back out here. They're having extravaganza going on this weekend. They're giving away raffle prizes, a 55-inch TV, a Blackstone mm-hmm. grill. It's pretty dope. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to oh, yeah. put my name in there. They also have that bad boy stream, uh, string trimmer. Make sure you come out here and check that out as well. They were telling me about a zero turn mower. They got everything. They got drawings will be happening tomorrow. So make sure you come out here and enjoy the weekend. My man Rob Babers thinks he's an RV guy, so he may be getting one. Somewhere in there. It's deep. Yeah, I got to find it. That's right. You know that picture where they do the x-ray and they said they got that dog in them? (laughs) You got that RV in him. That's right. You got got that RV in him. That's right. I want to go into the talk a little bit about the spring game. Obviously, (laughs) we will be breaking it down tomorrow on Bevo Boulevard. Rob Babers, myself, and of course, E. Hogan, our, our football crew that we will be down there. From 11 a.m. to 12.45, then we'll turn it over to our man Craig Way, and he will be breaking it all down with his crew, Roger Wallace, and, of course, our man Will Matthews. Will Matthews, by the way, Westwood grad as well. Uh, I know he's probably sad today because the Warriors <laughs> lost in the uh, semifinals, but great year by them. But I wanted to talk about this football game this weekend, and – I know we're all excited. We were very excited about it last year. We were all gassed up because we wanted to see Quinn throw them bombs. And everybody was trying to see this golden child named Quinn. And everybody, this is it. This is our guy. We got our quarterback finally five-star. And then we had our ups and downs. He went through the injury and the growth, the maturation. Mm-hmm. And I, I was listening. I think it was, I think it was Chad and – I mean, not Chad, excuse me. I think it was Jeff Howe and, and Craig Way this morning on Light the Tower mm-hmm. where they were talking about you got to remember that this young man was a freshman. He was true freshman. He, and I know you get caught up in the fact that he went to Ohio State. Oh, no, you know who it was? Mike Craven. It was uh, Mike yes, Craven this morning. B&E. That's right. That's yeah. who it was. Um, they were talking about that, and, and he, he made up – he brought up this point that he got to college. He was dealing with an injury at Ohio State. He was late getting there, so he wasn't there during the that. summertime yep. where he could really get in there. He basically showed up right before school started, and he, he didn't know anybody. You know, it was that, that moment. Well, then he comes to the University of Texas. He's getting all this hype, and rightfully so, golden child, five-star, everything was happening. But 
he too was having to deal with everything else that was going on. He was trying to learn a new offense. He was trying to fit in. He was trying to be that guy. Because remember, at the very beginning, he was real shy. Yep. He wasn't, you know, he ended up being in all the videos like <laughs> P. Diddy. Um, but he ended up staying, staying back a little bit later when he was trying to figure out his role. You had leaders like Roshan mm-hmm. and Bijan running the team. So as a quarterback, you do need to be that vocal leader. I've, I've, I, I played the position, so I understand what it's about. Sometimes you have those alpha dogs on the defensive side or you have that running back that is supposed to be the leader. But as a quarterback, you control everything. You're the point guard. You're, everything goes through you. So I want to see his leadership skills kind of take over. I want to see him become that guy. We saw it in the, in the Alamo Bowl. Yep. We saw him get – pissed off on the sideline we saw him get in people's faces talking about let's go let's go but it was late in the year now it's a whole new team now everybody that's there those leaders that they had before they're not there anymore this is his team this is where he starts to take over obviously everybody's talking about arch manning and him coming in and being that same guy Dude lost his ID twice. Nah, that's leadership. I got some problems with that. Nah, but everybody loses their stuff. Tell and me. I lost mine on a plane, and I had to you just got it back. Ended up so, in Vegas. It ended up in Vegas. My money didn't make it back, but my cards <laughs> made it back. So that was cool. But I want to see what he does as far as that leadership is concerned. Okay. I want to see what Malik Murphy is all about. He's somebody that everybody wanted to see Malik last year. Where's Malik? I thought he was going to get a chance to take some reps in the Alamo Bowl. Didn't get a chance to do it. But he's another guy that everybody really wants to see. Can he really spin it? Is he healthy? Is he able to run around? Is he that elusive quarterback? Or is he going to be that one that can stand in that pocket and deliver that fastball when you need it? Is he going to be able to put the – touch on it, some deep passes. That's what I really want to see from the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, everybody wants to see Arch Manning. I get it. I'm down with that, too. I want to see what he can do. But we can't put too much into that kid just yet. He's a freshman. He's coming to school early. Yes, we know the the lineage in which he comes from. But I heard Coach uh, Sark talk about it. Eli and, and, and Peyton didn't have anything to do. With it. He said, I didn't even talk to them through, during yeah, the recruiting I heard time. That. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. He's like, no, this is his thing. We're here for him. If he needs to talk to us, we'll talk to him. But other than that, his decision is going to be his decision. So that was real cool to hear. So I know the quarterback position is going to be the most talked about part of it because that's what everybody's – we got three, uh, two five-stars that are going to be playing quarterback at the University of Texas, which has been a while since they've been able to even say that. Yep. But then I also want to look on the defensive side of the ball. We've been hearing all the great reports about some of the players. Uh, Byron Murphy, you talked about him. Uh, Tavondre Sweat. Baron uh, Sorrell, he had a great year. But I want to see what Ethan Burke has done. I want to see how he's matured and how he's grown. And then also, obviously, Justice Finkley, another guy that we expected a lot from, got a little bit of run, didn't get a lot of run, but he got some run, and he was supposed to be that disruptive player coming off the edge, and that's what I really want to look at. And then the secondary, I know I talked about Anthony Hill at linebacker, so I'm not going to put too much into that, but I'm definitely looking at Terrence Brooks, because he was somebody that you have a lot of upside for. You I do have like a, him. A, a, I, yeah. I do too. I, like I him. liked him from the beginning. But, again, is he ready to take that step? Mm-hmm. Gavin Holmes, guy that's transferring in from Wake Forest, 
He didn't come here just to come here. He came in and wanted to make an impact just like uh, uh, Watts did last year. He was a guy I liked Watts from as soon as I found out he was coming to the University of Texas, I said, Rod, that's my dog. That dude, he's long, he's physical at the point of attack, and he's going to make people have to adjust yep, their routes. Works. That is what I'm going to look for for, for uh, Gavin Holmes. He's somebody that I want to see a lot from. You know, everybody keeps talking about Catalan. Obviously, he's not going to play, still dealing with his injury. Who's going to be that other safety? Jaron Thompson had one hell of a year that nobody talks about. He got he better. He, he got better. Because remember the year before, he was like, man, this dude is playing in space. He got a couple of interceptions, but he was missing tackles. Mm-hmm. Last right. year, he didn't miss tackles. He came in, he wrapped up, and he did a much better job. Uh, at the very beginning of training camp, what was one of the names in the secondary that we kept hearing about? Keaton Crawford. Yep. Keaton Crawford, Keaton Crawford, Keaton Crawford. <laughs> well, I want to see – his mama call him Keaton? I'm going to call him Keaton. <laughs> I want to see Keaton Crawford. And last but not least, I know we're going to talk a little bit about the freshman and Malik Muhammad and Jade Barron's done his thing. But Michael Taft, he's a scholarship athlete now. He's, he worked his way into this. He earned that scholarship. Now he needs to go out there and keep that scholarship. I know he's not going to lose the scholarship, but you know what I mean I by that. Yeah. you got to go out gotta there and put it, that work, yeah. man. Don't, don't settle. And I don't think that kid is one that will settle, but this is another opportunity for him to continue to impress everyone. We were all excited for him. He did his job, and now it's his opportunity to get out there and really be a major contributor to this university. Yeah, it's uh, it's got so many different storylines depending on how you want to approach the spring game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I got about a checklist of 10 things <laughs> yeah. at the top of my head that I'm going to be watching. And that's not even just before I actually get a, a, a look at these guys right. up close. Um, and then I'll probably have a whole other checklist once I see what exactly we need how they perform. When the season get ready to start. You're yeah. going to go from there. So, okay, now I need to see improvement from this guy. I need to see improvement from this. This dude was doing his thing. Can he continue that push? You know, because some guys may show out. They may go out there and show out, and they're going to be the headlines all over the place, come back for the uh, actual fall, and you'd be like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Yep. This was not what I was expecting. Did you rest on those, or did you continue to put the work in? And I know we're going we're gonna to be paying a lot of attention to the running back room. Because back of what you said at the very beginning of the day, no Bijan, no Rojo. We still got Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue, and C.J. Baxter. Who is going to take over that position? The in the clubhouse obviously is Brooks because he's been here. Mm-hmm. But, this, but that freshman is C. coming to push. Yeah, That's right, right now people think C.J. Baxter may have the high, highest upside of anybody right. in the room. Right. And honestly, the sleeper, the most talked about person in the room is Savion Red this spring. Hello. As more so than Jonathan Brooks or yep. Jaden Blue or C.J. Baxter. So I can't wait to see Savion Red. Yep. See if it was all hype. Or he look this, a little thick too now. I've seen him on the highlight. He looked yeah. thick. He looked like a running back now. Built like a Kardashian out there. <laughs> hey, now. Got them thick with him. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right, good Archduck life. We'll come back. Okay, apparently, I don't know if Matthew McConaughey is trying to troll us. Definitely. Or uh, if this is just him trying to promote his new show with Woody Harrelson. But he claims that he and Woody Harrelson might have some um, family lineage in common that Unreal. we all missed on. We'll talk about it when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Horn. D.D. 
Magadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break my head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, obviously, uh, time for Off the Record. And uh, we teased this earlier. And Matthew McConaughey, of course, the Minister of Culture at the University of Texas and proud Austinite. Um, he is going to have, a, I think it's a reality TV show with him and Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, it's going to be on Apple TV. Um, and I, I probably won't watch it at all. I'm not interested in that show. But when they are on film, when they are on screen together, and they decide that they want to work on a project together, that I am interested in. Have you seen the original True Detective? I did not watch it. I watched half oh. of it, and then I, I, I you seen it? Yeah, it is. I'm telling you, it's, it is one of the top three masterpieces of the McConaughey. Oh. His transformation from being a rom com actor to becoming a a true Hollywood thespian right okay, okay. that 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 was like one of the marquee moments of the McConaughey. that and uh dallas buyers club yeah, I, I, that was i watched the, that that was the apex of yeah, it that was probably the, the zenith of it and honestly the beginning of it is probably people don't even know it's a random movie and you you shouldn't see it because it's dark and sadistic Uh-oh. i took my wife uh, who I've been, you know, we dated for a long time, dated for 10 years before we got married. I took her to see a movie called Killer Joe um, when we first started dating. You have talked about that. She, it was Matthew McConaughey. I was like, oh, I'm dating this chick. I'll get, I'll get her lubed up because I'll go let her see Matthew McConaughey, and then she'll be feeling real good. You know what I mean? So I took her to the movie to see Matthew. He's going to take off his shirt a little bit, and we all feel good. Dude, this movie, it was so dark. It was like sick. She walked out on it. What? She walked out on the movie. Like, it was just like this. She walked out. I was like, what do I do? What do you do when your date walks out on the movie? And uh, she's like, you, you I got to go. I was like, wow. I was like, I got to leave. So I saw the movie later. Um, but she walked. She was like, I'm sorry. I just ain't in the mood to watch that. It was it was really sick. It was a, it was a dark <laughs> She was looking at you like, uh-oh. That was the beginning. This dude is crazy. Yeah, that was the beginning, in my opinion, <laughs> of the McCombs. That was him saying, I'm tired of being a rom-com guy. I'm tired of being the guy that takes his shirt off mm-hmm. for the rom-com. No, I want to be a serious actor, and I want to play some serious roles. And he, man, I, I, he shocked me with that role. Right. It, it still might be the darkest role I've ever seen. It's one of the darkest roles I've ever seen Matthew McConaughey play. Uh, but anyway, my point being, I love the McConaughey. I'm a big Matthew McConaughey fan. Who's not? So he's got a new show with Woody Harrelson that they're going to be uh, basically, they're going to have their families on the reality TV show together. And their families are supposed to be really, really close. Matter of fact, too close. That's what the story's about. <laughs> so Kelly Ripa's got uh, a podcast called Let's Talk Off Camera. Matthew McConaughey goes on this podcast and he revealed that he believes at least he, he theorizes that him and Woody Harrelson might be related. He says, quote, you know, where I start and where he ends and where he starts and I end has always been like a murky line. And that's part of our bromance, right? My kids call him Uncle Woody. His kids call me Uncle Matthew. And you see pictures of us and my family thinks a lot of pictures of him or me. His family thinks a lot of pictures of me or him. And he went on to say that in Greece a few years ago, we're sitting around talking about how close we are and our families. And my mom is there. This is Matthew McConaughey's mom. 
And she says, Woody, I knew your dad. Everyone was aware of the ellipsis that my mom left after new. It was a loaded new, says Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey then dove into his family's background, discovering that his mom and Harrelson's dad might have crossed paths when he, his dad was on furlough while McConaughey's mom and dad were going through a divorce. Very confusing. Then there's possible receipts in places out West Texas where there might have been a gathering or a meeting or a new moment, he says. Now, Woody Harrison's 61 uh, and was born in 61. Matthew McConaughey wasn't born until 69. So, you know, do the math and all that kind of stuff if you want to. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey said, uh, McConaughey said that he's got more skin in the game, talking about Woody, when it comes to finding out what really happened. Look, it's easier uh, for Woody to say, come on, let's do it, he says. But because what's the skin in it for him, Matthew McConaughey said, it's a little harder for me. So I guess he says it's harder for him, not Woody. He says it's harder for me asking him to take a, a chance. Wait a minute, you're trying to tell me my dad may not be my dad after 53 years of believing that. It's weird. It's a hey, weird story. It's a selling point of brother from another mother. That is the name of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I, it's a selling point, but then again, you sit there and you look at it, you know, he was on he was on furlough. Why we got to know that my man was laid off, man, on furlough? Why, why do we have to know that? And is he talking about his dad, the one that died while having relations? Remember, Matthew McConaughey's dad died. He says this in his book, that one of his dads or his dad passed away while making love to his, his mom. I'm not making it up. That no, was, I'm not saying. I'm not his, saying his, yeah, he's got a book yeah. called Green Lights or something like that, right? And in the book Green Lights, he talks about how his dad died while having sex with his mom. Now, I'd say, I don't know which dad. I, don't, I didn't dig that deep into it. But he has told that story several times. Yeah. Now, there's a great way to go, I'll yeah, imagine. I mean. All right. If you're going to go, it's a good way to go. Nah, yeah, he was hey, doing his thing. Well, he, she, she oh. she's got the bomb diggity. She killed the man <laughs> with that thing, man. That's, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> I mean, she. I think after that, I'm lying up like, you know what? I mean, Matt, everybody wants to bang what Matthew's you mom now. Oh, oh, Matthew. No, they don't. Oh, 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 yeah. If I'm a young man, I'm Matthew. I'm like, Matthew, I'm trying to bang your mom, bro. I want to test out that theory that she's got that bomb diggity. <laughs> they can kill a man. I can't, I can't deal with you, dog. <laughs> she's got that. It'll kill a man. <laughs> wow. Anyway, there you go. Matthew McCutter. He's the one that started all this stuff. He definitely started it. But I'm going to tell you this. If they are brothers and they don't want to find out and their chemistry is so great, I think they should go ahead and do 23andMe. I think they should do it. They will find out the answer. Well, what's 23andMe? Oh, that's where you find out if you got some other children out there. Oh, it's like a website that yeah. does like DNA, yeah, DNA testing. testing and stuff? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. I was told I was. I, would, I was told I could never do hold that. Hold up. You, I, was, I, was, I was like, did you do this? No. Oh. My buddy did. Why I had a friend do it and he, found out that he got a grandbaby now. Did he just want to do it? Well, why did he do it? Was because he, he was doing a random. And then he found out like, he had a, Like the heritage deal and wow. all that stuff. Yeah, oh, so I'm never yeah. doing those. I, I was told I was never. Allowed. I would assume if I had slipped one past the goalie that that young lady would have contacted me by now. 
Like she, that's her. Like, come on, lady, can you hit me up? Mm-mm. I don't. I'm not trying to duck my responsibilities. I don't want to be a deadbeat dad. Oh, they're gonna need you to hit me up. They're gonna wait and a try text to text message or something. They're gonna get their uh, reparations from you. They're gonna well, wait he, a little bit. Once he's 18, I'm like Jerry Jones. At that point, I'm like, <laughs> see, and you see Jerry still <laughs> going through it. Hey, I'm be like, hey, yo, yo, <laughs> you 18 now. All right, anyway, <laughs> I hope you had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know what I mean, I, I want to be involved, but Did I you, wouldn't. Wait, let me back to this up. My man said that if I ever slipped one. Past the goalie. <laughs> hey, 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 get out of here. All the Texas one. Trust me, I got three. Exactly. Did you have exactly? I got three. You slipped a few past the goalie in your time, man. Shoot, they can't handle hard. All right. Boot you. All right, we'll come back. On the other side, we got Texas Spring football discussion right here on Baldo Live, 104.1.